You are listening to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper. On this podcast, I will share stories and invite conversations that will help you grow and support sustainability within your yoga practice, your pathway of service as a yoga teacher, and beyond. Hey, are you a yoga teacher that sometimes feels unclear about the direction you should take in your teaching path, or possibly you feel uncertain and lack confidence in areas of your teaching skill set? Well, this is where a mentor is so crucial to come alongside of you to help sift through and reinforce the skills it takes to create longevity and to sustain a healthy teaching career. I have 20 years of teaching experience, and I am passionate about supporting you and other teachers to grow and expand into the teacher you desire to be. I can totally support you within a variety of areas, including how to run a successful yoga studio, how to operate as a solo entrepreneur, develop effective workshops and successful teacher trainings, and even the development of your very own podcast to support your teaching career and more. Private mentoring sessions are the fastest and best way for you to get the results you are seeking. Ready to dive in and work with me one-on-one? Well, I'm ready. So head over to my website, sandyraper.com, or click the link in the show notes and schedule your call today. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Beyond Yoga Teacher Training Podcast. I am your host, Sandy Raper, and I want to thank you for spending some time with me today. But before we dive into today's episode, I want to let you know about some great resources that I have available through my website, and in particular, a new resource that I've just added, which is a mini video practice with me. If you'll head over to my website, sandyraper.com, you will find access to this practice session at the bottom of my homepage. Submit your email and you'll receive the video right away. I've actually titled the practice session, A Place to Start. It's my hope that you'll use this video as a resource to support either getting started into a yoga practice or possibly use it as a jumpstart. It's short enough to serve you in creating consistency and a commitment to meeting yourself on the mat daily if you desire to use it that way. This video practice session goes along nicely with what I'll be talking about in today's episode within the concept and development of Keystone Habits. Oftentimes, we, we set some pretty lofty goals, yet we make it hard on ourselves to obtain these goals due to the systems and the processes and even the expectations that we have in place. Today, I want to introduce to you the concept of keystone habits and how impactful the implementation of these habits are towards your development of becoming a yoga teacher And these keystone habits will benefit you in any aspect of life, regardless of whether you're a yoga teacher or not. 
If you've been listening to recent episodes and the theme of relationships that I have been highlighting in season four, then I want you to take today's episode as an opportunity to develop a deeper understanding to the relationship you have with yourself and as an individual and a yoga teacher, if that applies to you. The development of keystone habits will not only impact you, but from what their meaning implies, they will trickle out and impact how you relate in life, to life, and with others you encounter and have relationship with and within the setting of the yoga classroom. The development and dedicated implementation of keystone habits will lead you towards becoming the teacher you desire to be, and the impact that I believe you wish to make teaching the practice of yoga. What we quickly find when we step out into the yoga classroom is that the students that show up are not like us. By this, I mean most students aren't as fired up or passionate about the practice as you or as I am. They have no desire to spend 200 hours studying the practice of yoga and preparing to teach, and that's okay. But the work to be done now for you is to understand better how to absorb and apply that which you've learned to meet students where they are and with what they need to develop and cultivate their own unique relationship to be found through the practice of yoga. There is so much more involved within the concept and decision of becoming a yoga teacher. This becoming doesn't magically take place in 200 hours, as I've mentioned. Transformation and the unveiling begins, but the becoming process is much more detailed and it requires dedication and work for it to be unveiled. This isn't taught in YTD, is it? Like other commitments in life, the evaluation and decision must be made as to whether you are willing to put in the work to show up for yourself and others and ultimately to let the unveiling or the becoming of a yoga teacher reveal itself in the timing that is needed, which could take a while. Our society doesn't really support that tality, though. We live in a society where when we want something, we get it almost instantly, too. I actually ordered something this morning from Amazon, and it is going to be delivered today. Never have we lived in such an instantaneous society. Yet as yoga teachers, I believe we try to translate this into our development as a teacher. We become disillusioned and even frustrated because when you step out of your 200 hour, you feel like you should instantaneously become a yoga teacher. I mean, that's what you signed up for, right? You might officially and through paperwork be a yoga teacher. However, the work of becoming a yoga teacher has a few more requirements. Back to the purpose of this episode. I want to equip you with the understanding and tools of creating and implementing keystone habits that will support you in becoming a yoga teacher, an effective and skillful one, I might add.
Keystone habits are what will support you in becoming the teacher you desire or envision yourself to be. I'm going to offer to you five keystone habits that from my experience will support you with this work of service as a yoga teacher. First, we'll begin with community. The development of community in your life will support you greatly and in a variety of ways. When you think about the word community, I want you to first begin small. Think about who you have in your inner circle, and this could be just one person or up to three to five. Who are these key people in your life that will support your work and commitment towards becoming a yoga teacher? And really, who are these people that support you outside of becoming a yoga teacher? It's important within the big picture of life that you find, sometimes even establish and build a network or community and then immerse yourself in the development of these relationships that you have in that community. For me, my faith community has been a bedrock and continues to support and ground me. From there, the extension of community reaches into the realm of my becoming a yoga teacher, although these communities have overlapped and I have found great relationships of community, not in just one particular area. When we think about community supporting us in becoming a yoga teacher, I want you to expand out from that inner sphere and cultivate community with other teachers, studio owners, or other professionals you encounter within your role as a yoga teacher. I will be speaking more in detail to these relationships in future episodes, but for now, the relationships you have with other teachers should become a sphere that encases your inner circle of community. Once you identify your community, then seek to develop these relationships on a daily basis. Here's where the habit begins to develop. Ask yourself what you can do on a daily or possibly start with a weekly basis to cultivate and nurture these relationships. Commit to holding yourself accountable for how you are going to show up in the development of these healthy relationships in your community as a yoga teacher. We are hardwired for connection, and so it makes sense that we would seek to make a habit in developing, maintaining, and supporting these connections in our lives. When creating and dedicating to the development of keystone habits in your life, it's important to set realistic and attainable habits. It may take some extra effort in the beginning, but soon the byproduct of these keystone habits will trickle out into your everyday living, and they will no longer be a have to, but they will become a must. Establishing these habits isn't about setting goals. So I want to be clear there. This is different. This is about evaluating the processes and systems you currently have in place and then adjusting and adapting so that you can implement and commit with consistency to these habits. Goals sometimes get tricky because 
they set for us a kind of success or failure mentality. So if you meet the goal, you feel successful. And if you don't meet the goal, you feel like you're a failure. So I want to be very clear in the understanding of the development of keystone habits that you're not attaching some kind of similarity to a goal. We're not trying to set a goal. We're trying to establish and create a rhythm and a process in your life that will help to support your daily living, but also to expand you into becoming a yoga teacher. Back to community. All right. Take action daily to nurture or nourish your community in some way. It may be through a personal interaction within your inner circle, and then it may be some way you will choose to interact within your broader community. If you have built a social media community or an email list following as a yoga teacher, then ask yourself daily and weekly, how consistent have you been in nurturing those relationships? How are you showing up for those that follow you? It becomes more about relationship than numbers or follows. You will begin to attract those that align with you and the community that you are building within the implementation of this approach. Now, side note here too, within this commitment and this habit that you create, you want to have an evaluation phase as well. So it may be once a week, which would be a great way or every two weeks if that's more helpful for you to implement but evaluate what you're doing and what you feel you are seeing from the dedication of the habit you're putting into place. You wanna evaluate because you're putting in systems and processes into your life and those systems and processes will need to be adjusted and adapted at times. So let's move on to the next keystone habit, spend time alone. This isn't a foreign concept for yoga teachers, right? Yet we too can be distracted from the development of this powerful space of insight. When setting out to make time alone as a keystone habit, get intentional and even commit to a designated time. In my house, I love to be the first one to get up. Importantly, because this is my time that I can capture and spend alone. As the day gets going, others in my house begin to get up, move around, and activities begin. So it starts to make the space of stillness, silence, and aloneness feel less accessible for me. It's not always been this way, though, for me. Several years back, I had to get very intentional and create the habit that shifted the schedule that I was then accustomed to. My system, here I go with the system and processes again, my system had that I had in place at that time was lacking really the structure I needed to make spending time alone accessible. I also had begun to feel like it was taking longer for me to get going in the morning and before I knew it, hours had passed and it was lunchtime. I could tell and I noticed that a change was needed. So I chose then to commit to getting up at the same time every day. This is usually about 5.30 a.m. That's my start point. And it works for me and it gives me the time alone, that space, that alone space that now I find I crave or I must have to start my day. 
the days when that doesn't happen, it, it feels a little off for me. So now as a yoga teacher, I also hear and know that this can be foreign to others and that quite honestly, some people find spending time alone uncomfortable and possibly even fearful of what they might encounter in the time when they are alone. I'm going to encourage you to commit to what is possible with consistency. Now, this alone time, let me give you a few examples. It could be in meditation, stillness, silence. It could be in prayer. It could be in a reading, a devotion, uh, a time in your your faith practice, the application of that time spent alone. Um, It could be in a variety of ways, but it's a space where you are alone and by yourself you're meeting yourself, right? So that's what you're doing is you're setting an appointment to meet yourself. So check your current approach towards stillness or time alone and see if you are giving yourself enough time and space to encounter this daily. If not, make an adjustment like I've shared and then recommit because I have no doubt that you'll find that implementing This keystone habit will have a trickle effect into all areas of your life and in particular in your pursuit and quest of becoming a yoga teacher. The next keystone habit is study. Are you studying or learning something new daily? And I don't mean just yoga stuff. (laughs) Are you devoting time to learning and growing? There are many great resources within many other aspects and areas of life where what we learn can be applied within our role of becoming a yoga teacher. Every book I read, every sermon I listen to, I am evaluating and processing the implication of what I'm hearing or learning into my daily living, which then ultimately trickles into my role as a yoga teacher. I'll pause here because it starts to become a way of living. It doesn't become compartmentalized, right? We can have this switch, I think, where we're going to turn on our role as yoga teacher and we'll turn it off. What really for you to step in and become a yoga teacher is that it becomes who you are. So every aspect of your life is this unfolding and becoming, and it's all interwoven. What habits do you currently have in place that supports your ability to learn something new on a daily basis? Are you committed to learning and growing in order to develop and expand into becoming the yoga teacher you desire to be? Now, I want to share that discernment is of great value here. Beware of falling into the trap of jumping from one training to the next or piling on knowledge for the sake of knowledge. Acquiring credentials or training certificates are great as long as they are adding value to the teaching that you are offering versus becoming a pursuit of consumption and not really knowing what to do with what you are accumulating. I feel like this could be an easy trap to fall into or that you begin to feel that you will gain confidence or be ready for an opportunity once you have enough knowledge or another training. The keystone habit of study 
is not a quest for acquiring more and more knowledge. Included within the habit of study and understanding better what this means, which includes a detailed investigation and analysis of the subject or situation you are studying. I often tell new teachers to get the practical and real-time experience of teaching right out of training, get started teaching and implementing, and then spend time evaluating what sparks your unique interest in knowing more. Let that guide your decisions on what your next study or training pursuit will entail. This requires reflection and a deeper understanding of who you are as a teacher and how you might tap into what inspires you to know more about within the practice of yoga. You can certainly accumulate many certifications and participate in many trainings, but just like the accumulation or piling on of knowledge without a clear understanding of how to apply it, it will only then become useless knowledge and ineffective, which will derail you or distract you from expanding into this becoming of the yoga teacher you desire to be. This leads me to the next keystone habit, or the fourth, if you are tracking that, (laughs) application and integration. This habit and the last habit of study go hand in hand. Dedicate and create a habit of expanding that which you are learning into the application and integration of the point of study you are pursuing. What really works well for me is to dissect a concept or approach I am studying and then seek to put the pieces back together into the wholeness of that which I'm trying to learn or that new piece of learning. This approach has served me well over the years, and as some of the content of learning that we can dive into as teachers can become very vast and dense at the same time, we can get lost in this vastness if we aren't careful and even get overwhelmed. If we take small pieces and spend time in reflection, absorption, and application, we will increase our chances of grasping and actually beginning to know what we are studying or learning. One of my teachers, Rolf Gates, shared with us that we need to teach what we need to learn. This has stuck with me and become a great support in the development of this keystone habit. If you desire to know more anatomy, we need to start learning it and infusing it. We need to add it into the class experiences that we are leading. You don't have to know everything about anatomy, but you can start with one pose or one point of, it could be alignment or anatomy, where you are going to give instructions that support the ability for the student to connect the dots anatomically and enhance or elevate the experience and connection to be found within the yoga asana practice. Adopting this concept of teaching what you need to learn will support the absorption, application, and implementation habit that ultimately supports 
you're becoming a more skillful and effective yoga teacher. The last keystone habit I want to introduce in this episode is to challenge yourself. How easy it is to stay in our comfort zone. I really don't feel like the other habits will be effective if you aren't willing to devote to this one. Now, I certainly want you to find comfort in your daily living, that ease that we find within the yoga practice and the balance of opposites between effort and ease that supports life. Our brains, though, are going to always seek for us to take the easy way out. In order to find expansion or success in anything we do, we must be willing to be uncomfortable and okay with not knowing clearly the how. How often I've trained teachers who wanted me to tell them exactly what to do in the development of their teaching career. They wanted to know that at the end of the training, they would be set up with a full teaching schedule and it would be exactly the style and type of class that suited their preference for teaching. Well, it doesn't happen that way and I cannot and I will not make any type of promise or guarantee for that. Just like my own personal teaching experiences, I could have never fully anticipated some of the amazing teaching opportunities that I have had. I would have limited myself. What I have found that through an openness to explore, to step out of my comfort zone, to be challenged to teach a variety of classes to a variety of individuals with uniquely different needs from the practice, I have been able to grow and expand and ultimately become the teacher that I am today. But let me say this, I have not arrived and that is not the goal. I do not dare to think I know it all because there is still so much more to learn, to learn daily. And for me now, some of it is about unlearning. Because of my willingness to say yes to teaching opportunities that weren't the norm or they weren't in the normal setting or, and I chose to meet people where they are within whatever their understanding of yoga was, I have been able to cultivate a skill set as a teacher that can truly meet people where they are and make the practice as accessible as possible for them at that given time. Has it been comfortable? No. Have I fumbled my way through situations? Yes. (laughs) Have I chosen to accept the experience, whatever experience it was, for what I could learn from and grow from it? Yes. Has all of the teaching experience I've had given value to my overall development as a teacher? Yes. But I had to choose. I had to choose to be okay with being uncomfortable because I know that through the discomfort that I am growing and I have the opportunity to experience something that I don't want to miss. And I know that you are capable of having that same experience. As I wrap up today's episode, let's review and I want to highlight once again the five keystone habits that I have introduced today. One is community. Two 
time alone. Three, study. Four, application and integration. And five, challenge yourself. What you might find is that you already have several of these habits in place. If that's the case, then I want to challenge you to evaluate the systems and processes you have in place for each of these and ask yourself where you might be able to expand and grow within these habits. Have you become comfortable? Have you become comfortable or even neglected the value of spending more time or emphasis in any of these areas? I'd say that we all have room for growth in these areas. If initiating or committing to the cultivation of keystone habits is a new concept for you, then I want to encourage you to make the decision to begin developing these in your life. Why does this matter? It matters because these habits or changes in your behavior are what will ultimately change your being and support your development of becoming the teacher you desire to be. Until we meet again, I wish you well a long life's journey. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Until we meet again, remember to begin, to become, and to expand beyond.